Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, I'm Bobby, and I'm your friend who knows just a little bit too much about pop culture. Welcome to your weekly meeting of Pop Culture Fanatics Anonymous. The days are getting shorter, the wind is getting a little bit of a biting chill to it, and life in general is just starting to seem a little bit bleak this holiday season. And being frank, I know that seasonal affective disorder is kicking uh, more than one of our asses right now, including mine. In this dark hour, we need a hero. Nay, we require a hero. A hero to save us all. And who knew that that hero would come in a little black and white mute beagle with the alias Joe Cool, or more commonly known as Snoopy. If you've been on any social media site in the past couple of months, you may notice that there's been an uptick in Snoopy-related content of all kinds. Merch hauls, edits, fan cams, literally anything with Snoopy at the center of it. With most of us watching or attempting to watch A Charlie Brown Christmas in the next week or so, I thought we'd take a bit of a deep dive into Snoopy, the world of peanuts, and get to the core of what makes them such effective depression ward-offs. So, if that sounds good to you, Let's get started. So before we can get into the man, the myth, the legend himself, uh, Snoopy, we got to start with the Peanuts at large. Um, the Peanuts are very, to me, interesting pop culture entity, franchise, legacy, um, because they are so mundane in a way like it's just a group of kids um and the main story being centered around a little bald boy and his dog um and the dog is friends with the bird and it just seems like the stories are very run-of-the-mill i mean it's it's pretty uh early in kind of this idea of like slice of life like content just very something for your everyday and it makes sense because they started out as a comic strip so it's meant to be read and uh seen every single day in a newspaper so you don't have you have four panels to tell a little story so they're almost like these little interstitials but as time wore on with the franchise you begin to see that there's this really compelling like melancholic layer to the peanuts (laughs) like in that the the characters are not afraid to kind of have these very 
prominent showings of emotions and they're very complex and I don't know I've always thought that, that was really interesting about uh Peanut's characters it was funny in doing research for this episode <laughs> every time I would read about Charlie Brown um Charles Schultz who is the creator of the peanuts would always kind of describe him as like you know he's not just a loser <laughs> or a lot of like any like um like philosophical or psychological um digging into the character of charlie brown and a lot of the characters on the show would be like you know he's not just a loser he's he loses a lot but he's not a loser and i just love that i i love that that is so funny especially for a character that was created in the 50s hilarious anyways um but yeah i've just always thought that the, the peanuts as a conglomerate are just a very quietly sad um franchise but it's still it doesn't mean that it's like you get depressed watching them but i think it has this kind of underbelly that isn't afraid to to tap into those more complex emotions that we may experience a funny little aside that i found um while researching was that uh, apparently Charles Schultz hated the name Peanuts. He didn't come up with it. Uh, the original name of the comic strip that would become Peanuts was called Little Folks. And when the comic strip was acquired by UFS, uh, which was United Feature Syndicate, they wanted to, you know, syndicate it basically into, uh, you know, news uh, to newspapers and stuff and they ran into the problem legally that they probably were not going to be able to use the name um little folk beca because there was a person by the name of tack knight who was the author of a comic strip from the 30s that was called little folks the distinction between the two being charles Schultz's was lol li apostrophe l folk and then this was little folks um and basically he um tech knight wrote this like like letter basically being like i have exclusive rights to this name and ufs was like mm, don't want to deal with that charles shells you're gonna have to change the name <laughs> of this comic strip and apparently a manager at the company was um while they were trying to come up with a new name before they could you know push the the comic strip to syndication uh, a popular program that was out at the time uh, was called Howdy Doody. And it was kind of this, uh, it's like a children's show, had a very strange uh, puppet character. So do with that what you will. Um, but, <laughs> but mainly the main thing to note from this was that the group of uh, children that made up the audience for that show sat in a section of the uh I guess, stage that was called the peanut gallery. Now the peanut gallery, um, has now kind of in our collective, like jargon and pop culture, uh, language been known as like a group of people that you don't really listen to. And so I think that's, it's telling, uh, that we kind of took that from the peanut gallery, whereas the peanut gallery was literally just a place where a bunch of kids sat. And then now we understand the peanut gallery to be, a group of people that you're not listening to very strange connections happening here but i digress um anyway <laughs> anyways but then from there they were like oh this program's popular you got kids in your thing why don't you call them the peanuts 
because they're the peanuts that make up the peanut gallery. <laughs> and I think Charles Schultz took offense to the implication there that they are kids that are not are being seen but not heard type of thing. And he was just like, I don't feel like anyone at this uh, at this company actually read the comic strip because you would know that it's not just a comic strip of stupid little kids who are very plain characters. Like he was adding depth to them. But either way, uh, the name was Peanuts and he, he kept it. Uh, or peanut or will he had to keep it peanuts and apparently for the rest of the run of the comic strip it ran for 50 years he was not too pleased <laughs> with the with the comic strip <laughs> so to the point where he really wouldn't even like say the name he would just say like oh i drew the comic strip with snoopy and charlie brown and it and everything like he wouldn't even say the name because he didn't like it um which honestly, I, I I I love that. I truly do love that. But anyways, but yeah, there's this just weird little sad underbelly to, to Peanuts. It reminds me a lot of uh, Hey Arnold in the way. And a couple of, I think it was a couple of years ago at this point, I had started writing uh, like a little, um, this little essay, I guess, on like melancholy children and kind of the connections between Charlie Brown and, and Hey Arnold in that they are kind of sad-ish main characters, but there's these really interesting layers to them and all of the characters around them and what the different properties were seeking to do um, and kind of how they displayed more uh, more complex kids. It kind of reminds me like Peanuts and Hey Arnold remind me of... Um, that SNL sketch with Emma Stone where it's like uh, Wells for like sensitive boys or something. It's like Fisher Price toy commercial parody where it was a well for complicated boys or something like that. It's kind of like that. Like that's the that's the vibe that both of those shows elicit. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the must not take yourself too seriously and 6-1 since that matters. And what do I even say other than hey... Well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. From the Peanuts, we get a bunch of iconic characters, including Charlie Brown um, and Lucy and all of this, this cast of characters. But arguably, the breakout star of the bunch was... Snoopy, who at first was kind of just this very plain dog. Um, and he walked around on four legs, so he looked like a regular dog. And then eventually, uh, there was a change to have Snoopy walk around on two legs. And that was there that Charles Schull said that the kind of character of Snoopy was was born, like because he became very human in nature and that gave this sense of new sense of character um to to this dog and snoopy i think has become it's kind of similar to what i was talking about a few weeks ago with betty boop where the characterization stopped pretty early on um as far as like these kind of the winding road of what their character is like at a certain point, we hit a road of like, this is what Snoopy is. And then from there, there is this break into putting his likeness literally everywhere. Like when I think about 
merchandise, I think about Betty Boop and I think about Snoopy. Like Snoopy's face is literally everywhere. There's no piece of merchandise that is out there that probably doesn't have a Peanuts Snoopy version on there. And I think for so long that introduced the likeness to so many people, um, but it was like the likeness devoid of any other characterization. And I don't necessarily think that that's a bad thing. Not to say that Snoopy has to be this one specific thing. Um, and in reading a lot of the articles of why with Gen Z specifically, Snoopy is such this big hit. I think it's because he's so, he's a bit of a, uh, I wouldn't, I wouldn't call him a blank slate, but I think he covers a lot of ground as far as who he can be and what he does and how he emotes. There leaves a lot of room for pretty much everyone to identify with some version of of this character and I just think that that's always so interesting like a lot of what we are seeing on on social media via like TikToks and tweets and different like things is just Snoopy kind of being this proxy for everyone like there is a Snoopy for everyone <laughs> in a in a very strange way but I think there's something really really cool about that um, when this character can kind of become for, for the masses, like, sure, he has a, a lore and he's got, you know, these, these traits, but he's kind of become for everyone. Like Snoopy's in the eye of the beholder in a lot of ways. Um, and I think you can find a lot of solace in that in a very strange way. <laughs> like, I, I don't know how to describe it, but I think there, there's always been this quality about him that, has lended itself to people being able to imprint whatever onto him. There was a Atlantic article that was really awesome um, that kind of talks about this whole phenomena of Snoopy and Gen Z specifically. Uh, that's called The Hero Gen Z Needs by Elise Hannum. And in that, they detail that um, <laughs> Snoopy for a very long time has always been closely associated with the like sad internet girl persona because he's such a popular like profile picture for a lot of like tumblr accounts and twitter accounts and everything and that is so that is so true like snoopy was kind of on the front lines of the sad internet girl edits that were happening around like 2013 like 2012 2013 it was snoopy and the disney princesses like where Snoopy was getting like a hazy, sparkly, like pink edit over him, the Disney princesses were getting turned into like punks and goths. Um, you know what I mean? So like, <laughs> I just think that phenomena of cartoon characters turned into incredibly personalized uh, social media profile pictures should be investigated. I don't know how far you would get within that investigation um, or what truly is there to say um beyond what you see but i just think that that is so funny when i read that i was like that is so that is so true <laughs> oh my gosh but it kind of leads to the um phenomena i guess in a way of like why snoopy of of all characters like there have been plenty of very popular dog characters you know like scooby-doo and things like that but why why has snoopy gotten this very specific kind of treatment 
and I really do think partially is from the fact that he is this character that um, leans so heavily into fantasy and imagination. Um, when you read or see Snoopy in a lot of um, like TV specials or things like that, it's kind of like any Peanut special is kind of divided into two bits. So there's the bit with the kids and like Charlie Brown and the storyline there but then on the other side is whatever the hell Snoopy is doing <laughs> and a lot of the times it's him coming up with his own little adventures whether it's by himself or with Woodstock and that was like kind of like built into the the core of their kind of character dynamics from from the jump um even to the point where like in the beginning of the comic strip there would like with Snoopy's house you would oftentimes see it depicted from the front like a front view um so it looks like a little dog house and it would have his name over top but then uh as the years wore on Charles Schultz decided to switch the angle with which you see his dog house so you see it from that like iconic side bit and he was basically saying that that kind of opened up what his Snoopy's fantasy world could be and it really makes sense because like if you saw it from the front you would kind of be confined to the fact that like Snoopy is this dog but when you turn it to the side whatever he does on top of the house becomes like what it is like so if he's this world war one fighter pilot and his plane is his house you can imagine that a lot easier because it doesn't really look like a house from from the side it can kind of be whatever he wants it to be so there's this element of of Snoopy that is incredibly imaginative and I think because he is a character that is constantly kind of with his I don't know with his head in the clouds so to speak um I think there's something especially with Gen Z and especially right now that so many people kind of latch on to um that creates that little bit of 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 imagination and fantasy and and wonder in the midst of a lot of i think chaos and and uncertainty um and and really like i said that's kind of what the peanuts from the jump have always kind of intended to do like i think having the splits of what the kids are doing which the kids i wouldn't necessarily say that it like always tackled super heavy topics but it was very conscious and it had this um it had this very interesting brain to it and really in the uh when it was first running culture critics called Scholes a pop existentialist and there was a professor that was mentioned in the article from the Atlantic named Blake uh Scott Ball and they wrote a uh the author of Charlie Brown's America the popular politics of the peanuts and they say quote the comic was about the difficulty of existing as a regular human being in the 20th century uh, and just how hard it is to handle the immensity of problems that faced us and hold all that together with your daily concerns so I always felt like the kids side of things really tackled that just the day-to-day complexities of living um and the things that go with that and then snoopy kind of represented this dreamy fantasy layer of you know what i have to be a human in this world and i have to exist but you know what if i have to have my little my little dreams and little fantasies to get through it that's what i'm gonna do (laughs) and i 
think that there's something really cool about that, having that little bit. And I think that's kind of what Gen Z holds on to. Um, you know, in our day-to-day life, it is just the immense weight of existing. And I don't know about anyone else, but the <laughs> the weight of existing right now in the world as it is sometimes weighs a lot heavier than it ever has before and just the fears of the future and the fears of you know what life will look like not even 10 years from now but five years from now or a year from now because it feels like things are moving so fast and like we're experiencing historical moments at a clip that I don't think any of us were expecting to experience it at and there's just this big cloud of existentialism and what I think Snoopy offers to Gen Z and to just I think everyone in general I don't think that this is confined to just Gen Z but I'm trying to navigate why Gen Z specifically has has latched on to Snoopy in a lot of ways I think because there is so much that is in flux right now there's something there's a quiet solace to this dog who is you know this dreamer and has this very active imagination and like I was saying earlier has this air about himself to kind of morph into anything like uh Snoopy can represent anything and anyone and because he doesn't talk he doesn't sound like any one person he doesn't you don't know where the Snoopy and Charlie Brown live so he can be from anywhere and he's a dog so he doesn't look like anyone there's really something for everyone there in a way but then he's not just this like dog that you can just map anything onto he does have you know ways about him like the way that he very exaggeratedly cries and like the way that he you know experiences emotion when he blushes and you know things like that like his emotions feel very big and this Atlantic article really kind of talks about how like Gen Z does experience that same type of thing this idea of what uh they say in the article like performing big emotions um especially like online like how many times do you see a you know a younger person like phone in hand crying sobbing into the camera you know like it's very it's very snoopy-esque to me and ultimately i think what has made snoopy so successful i guess amongst gen z especially in the way that he's being presented now which is like via different fan cams and edits and when you pair it with pair some clips of this dog you know like crying or looking very sad or being very happy or feeling in love and you pair it with a song especially a song that's super you know complex and makes you feel a lot of things I think it kind of returns us to this idea of you know in a lot of children's media a lot of children's media tackling big feelings but those feelings never really get smaller even though you get bigger and so there's this weird marrying that happens when someone may watch a Snoopy edit and start crying because they're like oh my god like I'm feeling like such this deep emotion like I think if I saw you know Snoopy walking in the rain and he was and it was like set to a Mitski song or something like I would be compelled to cry and it's not because I'm necessarily like sad because of exactly what I'm looking at 
but it's because of the feeling that it evokes. And again, it's that way that Snoopy just kind of is able to embody all of these different feelings, big and small. And it's not localized just to this one character, but I think a lot of characters like him, you know, like I think of like a Hello Kitty and things like that, like characters like that, um, that are seen just on the surf on the surface as just being cutesy have this ability to become these retainers of, of emotions. And when you're looking at it and they're presented in a very specific way, they can unlock that emotion. And like I said, children's media does that all the time. I think about, you know, the feeling of um, like, for example, if a children's show tackles how hard it is growing up or being accepted, you know, amongst your, amongst your peers, in a show, they may explain that, you know, sometimes it's going to be hard making friends because you want people to like you. And so you have to find people that are, you know, that like the things that you do and like who you are. And when you're a child, they're explaining that in a way that is digestible for you. But I think it takes on a new life when you see something from your childhood again that is embodying that same, you know, idea or that same lesson. And it feels so much different when you're an adult. So like, you know, that making friends is hard and, you know, whatever I just said, and that you have to find people who like the things that you like and like you. And that takes on a whole new meaning when you're an adult and you're experiencing that same emotion, but so much more complex or like you are experiencing it and you now have a larger breadth of words to describe the depth of that feeling. And so there's this kind of dual purpose to a lot of these characters that come from media that's originally intended for, for kids and families. And I think that's what always makes them stick with us so much longer. You know, it's not just the a nostalgia aspect to it, but it's kind of how these characters can grow with us and what we decide to pour into them and how we present them. Um, you know, like a character like Snoopy or a character like Garfield is, is kind of similar. Um, there's just so much that this little dude, like it's the power of just being a little guy, you know, um, that can bring about such big feelings. Like I am woman enough to say that I have cried at a Snoopy editor too. You know, I've just got a little misty because of how they present it. It's so compelling. Um, and then sometimes, you know, you just feel like the only person that gets you is just this little, little cartoon character, you know, <laughs> like sometimes that's just all it is. Um, so to, to wrap things up, because I've talked for, I'm not going to lie to you, 20 more minutes than I thought I could talk about just Snoopy. I want to leave you with a little bit uh, from that Atlantic article that I think kind of wraps everything up around why Snoopy is kind of so necessary right now, especially for, for Gen Z and anyone that feels every ebb and flow of this world that is constantly in flux, uh, me especially. It's, quote, in Sarah Boxer's 2015 art Atlantic article on Snoopy's legacy, she describes his behavior as a defense mechanism. Quote, since no one will ever see you the way that you see yourself, you might as well build your world around fantasy, create the person you want to be, and live it out, live it up. As Zoomers come of age, they face a barrage of seemingly hopeless climate and political catastrophes. In the face of this, it's no wonder Snoopy has become a hero. 
Sometimes people just want to throw their hands up at the immensity of the world and retreat to a controlled interior one, a doghouse of their own, from which they feel their emotions as much as they want. End quote. enjoyed today's episode afternooners if you don't know the afternooners is my name for all of us if you made it to the end of this episode congratulations you're an afternooner now if you like this episode don't forget to rate and review this podcast if you had a good time it helps out the pod you get to tell me how you're feeling about the pod and i get that sweet hit of praise and validation that is my life force and keeps me going If you want to know where else to find me on the internet, you can find me at The Afternoon Special on TikTok or Instagram or over on Twitter at Hi, I'm Bobby, H-I-I-M-B-O-B-B-I. And if you're thinking, Bobby, I need to go and watch about 18,000 Snoopy fan cams. I totally get it. And I'm with you. And you can find all that information in the description down below. You're welcome. I hope you enjoyed this week's chat and that you'll join me again next week for another pop culture deep dive. Later days, friends. Hi, just checking in and seeing if you might want to step away from the noise of the world for just a moment and connect back to you. If so, join me on my podcast, Letting It Settle with Michael Galleon, where we'll explore mindfulness, self-love, and personal growth as I share practical insights and tools to hopefully help inspire you to start to take charge of your mental and emotional well-being. Search for Letting It Settle with Michael Galleon on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you're listening now. Whether you're in a relationship, single, or recently heartbroken, you could be navigating some tough stuff. And it really can be challenging to do this on your own. We all need help when it comes to our relationships, very specifically, our love lives. I'm Jillian, and each week on my podcast, Jillian on Love, I share skills on how to strengthen our relationships, how to build a stronger sense of self, and how to heal heartbreak and choose better partners. Learn how to start making change today and search for Jillian on Love wherever you're listening now.